And welcome to the 300th episode of Early My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. It's amazing we've reached this milestone that I've actually had 300 people agree to come on to this show. And I thank every guest I've had. I thank every listener who's listened, everyone who's left a review. It means a lot. And keep listening. And I hope to get 300 more of these. Started with Ken Johnson, the very first episode. He was the creator of V. And we've done 298 more that have been released up until this point. Number 300 featuring actor Kavork Malikin. He's probably best known in the States for portraying Chasm, the leader of the Brotherhood of the Cruciform in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. He talks about meeting George Lucas and Steven Spielberg and what role that Spielberg remembered him for. And he had some amazing praise for Kavork as well. He also tells the story how he missed out on another character in the Indiana Jones franchise, one we all know and love, who actually reprises the role in Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny that comes out next week, so Indiana Jones is still in the spotlight more than ever. Kavork starred in the British comedy Mind Your Language, very funny show, remember watching a little bit back when I was younger, you can still find it on the streaming sites, it's really funny. He's had a 60-year career in the business, following going to school to become a priest. Talks about that as well. In all the 300 episodes I've had, I always say that these guys are lovely and had great conversations with them. But Kavork might be in the top five conversations I had. Such a really nice man, really engaging. It felt like I've known him for years. I hope you enjoy my conversation. And here's to another 300 episodes. So, Kavor, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I've been a fan of yours for quite some time. My pleasure, my dear friend. Thank you for asking me. Yeah. So, so what are you up to these days? Well, I I spend most of the time, most of my time now, um, not working. Sometimes, well, really, perhaps most of the time, out of choice, because I'm so tired, and I'm not <laughs> not not that because I'm achieved all that I want to achieve. None of us do in this profession. Right. We always think there's a better thing around the corner, you know. There's that yeah. that there's that one film. There's that one film that'll make you <laughs> right. <laughs> so um and, but I do still work, thank God, although uh I was eighty last week. Oh, so I've reached yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah I still keep working. I, I've got something for Netflix which I did in Turkey which hasn't been shown yet. I did something called Valhalla Vikings, which hasn't been shown yet. Um, and I have one or two things <clears throat> lined up for um, Zoom interviews, I'm sorry to say, but I hope I don't muck them up <laughs> for some projects. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Things are, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite happy. I'm still working and it's almost 60 years, so I can't complain. Right. And you, you mentioned like, you know, doing something for Netflix. I mean, it's got to be so beneficial for the actors now that have all these streaming sites and all this, like, extra stuff for, for you know, to get more work. Whereas when you started, yeah, wasn't yeah. nearly as much of these opportunities. Absolutely, I think. And if you asked, like, yesterday, on Monday, when we met up at the BBC in the green room to say hello to each other before we started recording. There were two or three people, uh, wonderful actors that I've worked with and that I've completely forgotten. 
um, because it was such a long time ago. And uh, the others who knew of my work because I've been around for so long, you're, uh, you're absolutely right in the sense that uh, when I started in the UK and I came to the UK uh, almost without a word of English, and I came to the UK on the back of having trained for priesthood for seven years in Istanbul, in an Armenian semi-theological college. So everything was really uh, unknown to me. I really didn't know what was going on, to be honest. I mean, you know, today I would, I might have approached my career in a different way, if you know what I mean, you know, but 60 years ago is, and I, and, uh, and opportunities weren't as many, although in the country, in England, there were a lot of television companies, which sadly most of them have disappeared now. They've, so they've got into they've gone into little production companies, you know. Uh, and the BBC, like a huge uh, organization like the BBC, is completely broken down, and they have their programs made by production companies outside because because it's so much cheaper. Right. But you're absolutely uh, you're absolutely right. The advent of Paramount Plus and Apple and uh, Netflix and Disney Plus, or I mean, it is there is a a lot more, a lot more work around than than there was. What this does, it's obviously a wonderful opportunity for actors too, because we get uh, a chance to work a little more often than we would have done, perhaps. But then also it drives down the economy of the <laughs> employment and all that, you know, because and as you know and this applies to all sorts of things in life sorry things are bad you know covid was this and covid was that right. we can't pay you this we know you deserve this but would you do it half the price <laughs> of course <laughs> because they know that yeah all over the bloody place so it has its its pluses and then it has its minuses <laughs> when it comes to uh but anyway but work-wise you're right yeah there is a lot more work available and what i think um I think what is what is also great is is that countries like Turkey, where I was born, for instance, and I never, I've only spent a few years recently working in Turkey. Uh, they would have had no chance of getting foreign productions into the country ten, fifteen years ago, right. or or countries like Turkey, Hungary, etc., Bulgaria, Czechoslovakia. You know, they're all they've all become almost all Europe. And North Africa, uh, Morocco, etc. They have all become hubs of film and television work productions. Uh, so that from that angle as well, it's a nice thing that uh, countries are getting uh, after so many years <laughs> of the film industry, but therefore for the first time they're getting a taste of how you handle a TV series and all that, or, you know, and how, 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 how do you budget? How does it all happen? How do you all put it together, etc. Right. Is, is it easy for you to get, like, uh, a working visa? Is, is it different, like, like yes, in no, companies? No. We, as a British citizen, obviously, with, uh, with us coming out of EU, right. unfortunately, really, I mean... I think I think most of the country will agree that uh, coming out of Brexit was a huge disaster for England, although right. <clears throat> the Conservatives perhaps won't be honorable, honorable enough to admit it. No. Uh, but now, so we have, uh, uh, we now have to get uh, uh, all sorts of paperwork filled in 
insurances. You can't vi visit countries like we used to just across the border and you were in Hungary, you know, you were in Poland or whatever. Now we've got a, an insurance for that. Yes, it's become difficult uh, uh, to, to work in Europe. What, what they do, unfortunately, now, unless a director wants you particularly, which I'm glad to say that it does happen on occasions, they will go through all the trouble and the expenses of getting all your visas and insurances sorted out. But then those companies that can't be bothered to, to go through the expenses of all that, you know, they will go and hire an actor in the country of similar sort of status. Right. But working in Turkey doesn't have, of course, um, I was born in Turkey, so I'm also a Turkish citizen, a, a citizen of Turkey. Um, therefore, I don't need to apply for okay. uh, work permits and things or, right. or visas and all that, etc. It's open for me. Yeah. Okay. Have you reached a point in your career that you don't have to audition anymore? That your work, your previous work stands? You know, um, I I don't know, first of all, no, with, the, with all sincerity, regardless of what people say, unless you become, but I understand even these days, even those top people, you know, I mean, listening to Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and people like that. All this nonsense of self-tape, etc. You know, people do, unfortunately, in the old days, <clears throat> or fortunately, in the old days, it would all be face-to-face. -face. Yeah. Like I met Spielberg face-to-face -face and George Lucas face-to-face. -face. I met Alan Parker face-to-face, etc. You know, so for all sorts of wonderful directors, John R. Moore, I met face-to-face -face for Flight of the Phoenix. So, uh, and all my television work in the UK, I, I spent my time meeting people and having having a wonderful time, and and really getting almost ninety percent of all the interviews that I attended. Yeah. And this nonsense of self tape now is, uh, my agent assures me, of course people know you, Kevok, sure they do, you know, but um, that doesn't buy you a ticket anymore. Okay. There are some out there, unfortunately will want to know perhaps for the right reasons, you know, perhaps will want to know whether your face is still young enough or, or <laughs> how old you've got or your face is full of lines, you know, you're 80. So right. therefore they want to see, they're surprised that you're alive for a start. <laughs> yeah. Well, they well you see, don't look 80 at all, so that's good. <laughs> so they want to see what you look like now and what you sound like, etc. you know. I think to be no lighting... Uh, says I think directors have become too afraid, too cautious. None of them, really. There are very few of them now. I'm talking about the young generation, probably not your Spielbergs and right. Ridley Scotts and Teddy Georges, etc. You know, Alan Parker's, God bless him. Uh, but especially young directors, I think we're all so unsure of our positions, and the market is so huge. Yeah, and I don't think anyone is safe anymore. Do you know what I mean? You know, and if uh, if you've done enough, someone like Dustin Hoffman or people of, of similar sort of status, you quietly retire and if you get one film, which is an offer, you do it. Otherwise, you just don't work. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Right. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm sort of getting to that stage now. I mean, for instance, when I came home last night, um, 
when I came home, I turned my television, uh, my TV, uh, my telephone on, and there was a request for a self tape for uh, some Netflix series which is being shot in England somewhere. And in the morning, I phoned my agent. I said, "No, darling, I, I, can't, I can't do it. I'm so knackered. You know, I can't. I just need to rest for a week or two. And I, uh, especially when it was a self tape, I said, "Oh, bugger it! If you'll forget, pardon the language, you know." But I said, "If a self tape, no." Had it been an offer, I may have just, you know, but I just couldn't be bothered to go through the process of going to my agent's office and they have they've set up a wonderful studio. I don't understand these self-tape things. I mean, this is a miracle. This right. is a miracle. <laughs> right. It really is. Yeah. Shall I tell you what happened uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, before I came here? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I had a Zoom call. Uh, I, I happened to be in Cyprus, where my family lives. Okay. Um. And I had a request from my agent that uh, the Royal Shakespeare Company and the director, uh, Omar Elerian, I think, who is half Palestinian, half Italian. So he was in Italy. The Royal Shakespeare Company casting department were in, were in, were in Stratford-upon-Avon, where I've worked many times for, for the RSC. My agent was in London in her office, and I was in Cyprus, four continents. Right. I just, could I find anything? I pressed all sorts of buttons. On. <laughs> For 20, 20 minutes, nothing happened. Right. <laughs> and then I then sent an email <laughs> to my agent. I said, please, Maureen, do apologize. I am so sorry. Anyway, no, darling, don't be silly. It's okay. Because I, I'm not, anyway, so, and then I half an hour later, or an hour later, I had a, an email from her, darling, uh, the director desperately wants to talk to you. Uh, can he phone you tomorrow from Italy? I said, of course, Maureen. Why didn't they do that in the beginning? Why do they want to see my face? <laughs> yeah. They know my face, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we had a chat for at least an hour, if not more. And a nice young man. <clears throat> and it was for As You Like It, uh, a, a new version, which people, when people get bored, with certain writers like Shakespeare. Yeah. And of course, really, no one gets bored with Shakespeare, but you know what right. I mean. When your yeah. writing has been around for 500 years, how many bleeding versions of Hamlet can you see? Yeah. <laughs> or Macbeth, or As You Like It, or whatever. Right. So what they're doing, this version of As You Like It is with 65 plus actors. Okay who have worked at the RSC before, and I fit all the thing, and have played in As You Like It, in a production of As You Like It, etc. you know. But anyway, we couldn't agree on certain things, and it didn't happen, and they are rehearsing now. But, um, uh, yes, what led to this thing? Your question was, why did I tell you this story? Oh, um, if I derail myself, you must pull me back, yeah? Okay. <laughs> Not a problem. I don't even remember what the question was, but that's it was the yeah. Zoom story was was great. Yeah. When when you're having a nice time, you you tend to forget. Absolutely. You forget. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But so, what is it about Shakespeare that people still keep coming back after centuries uh, yeah. of, of his of his work? I mean, now they got to keep it, you know, the fresh. You were saying as you like it yeah. about making a sixty-five plus cast, but like, yeah. what is it about for me? Well, I tell you, 
No, I th for me, my dear friend, and I'm no scholar for one moment, you know, but I'd like to think that I'm not ignorant either, you know, with all my... I, I think the great thing about Shakespeare, my dear friend, is he has the ability to touch the heart and soul of humans in any situation, in any country. His plays, as you know, from Denmark to Italy to Cyprus to Anatolia, etc., cover such a huge... Right. And his characters cover so much. Shylock in Venice, for instance, you know, in Italy. So there is... All of us are in Shakespeare. And Shakespeare is in all of us. So when you go, I think this is my my, my take on it. You can't, you'll never get bored yeah. doing Shakespeare or watching Shakespeare. But on the other hand, as I said, you know, uh, how many <laughs> how many times do you set, I don't know, a midsummer night's dream in, a, in, 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 in the Amazon <laughs> forest <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or whatever? People looking for new things, new ways to handle, to sell Shakespeare, because it's all right for my generation to like Shakespeare, but it, it, but it's not the same perhaps for your generation, or indeed generations who are yeah. younger than you at school. They get bored with the language, don't they? You know, like I did in the beginning, but once I sort of learned to get on with it, and once I was able to get the rhythm of the of the language and the music in it, and the it, it is beautiful. Yeah. Well, that's how it was with me when I first discovered him in you know high school. It's, right. it's hard at first, but then you realize that it's you know a work of art, and it's you know it's beautiful. absolutely in every sense, yeah. in yeah. every sense, my friend. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, again, I think there are very few, very few writers, and I've read a lot of, you know, from Miller to Mehmet, etc. You know, very few actors, uh, writers. Who, who have handled, who hand handled their characters in the almost complete way that Shakespeare does. You know, you cry with Shylock, right. you laugh with Shylock, you feel sorry with Shylock, and you conquer with Shylock. Do you see what I mean? How many writers? Yeah. How many writers? Or, or the desperation of Macbeth, etc. You know, no, no, it's it's wonderful, wonderful, uh, great, great, great writer. Yeah. I mean, I guess one thing we haven't seen with Shakespeare is sending him to outer space. So hopefully that will yeah. happen. You know, <laughs> look the way the way Elon Musk and uh, Amazon man, what's his yeah, name? Jeff, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Branson, etc. The way they are going, my dear friend, they'll, they, I promise you. The only thing they'll take up probably with them is Shakespeare, because they don't have to. They don't have to pay any revenues, any any what you call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shakespeare in the park will be Shakespeare on Mars. You know exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now we'll have productions on, on Mars on, uh, yeah. and Moon and the Moon and Neptune and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you'll anyway. keep that call down, right? You're not going to space for that one. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I think we'll we'll give it a miss, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned that you're going to be a priest. So yeah. So what was the detour to acting? How did that come about? The, uh, the detour to first of all for priesthood as well, uh, uh, Noel, is I was a the son 
the youngest son of an Armenian family in Diyarbakir, which is an old, old ancient city in eastern Turkey, near the Syrian border. Um, and in the early 50s, uh, I was born in 1943, so um, the Patriarch of Armenians approached the government of Turkey at the time and wanted to open, because I'm sure you'll know that during the good times of the Ottoman Empire, the good times of the Ottoman Empire, there were loads, there were 2,000-something plus like Armenian churches and monasteries and schools. Right. All gone after the bad times of, of the Ottoman Empire. So therefore, we had almost 50 Armenian churches in Istanbul, for instance, because in the rest of the country, they got destroyed, they got pulled down, they were turned into mosques, they were turned into whatever. But Istanbul remained, uh, like for other communities, the Jewish community, the Greek community, etc. They remained somehow a little more together in Istanbul because Istanbul was a little closer to Europe and they needed the the minorities, you know, to, yeah. to keep the economy going, I think. Right. That's why they that's why they they didn't touch Istanbul. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um he wanted to open this seminary, this theological college, this monastery, uh, because he wanted to have to to have educated normal priest, you can get married, priest, and you can have your parish, etc. But he wanted the, his priests to go beyond that. He wanted them to be bishops, archbishops, catholicos, etc. And which is so. And then he went, he sent round the priest to the Anatolian Peninsula, where there were still Armenians who were survivors of the genocide, like my parents, who were survivors of 1915, <clears throat> and pick the cleverest boy <laughs> after one or two questions, and bring them to Istanbul, and we'll train them to be priests, you see. For, we'll train them for priesthood. And I was one of those lucky kids and fortunately my father allowed me to but but did i know anything about uh, priesthood did i see god or mm -hmm. angels visiting me one day and saying you're cut out to be a priest of course i didn't i had no idea but it was a great adventure so at the age of 10 i came to istanbul and uh, two years i completed my primary education in an armenian primary school and then i went to an armenian to this armenian holy cross seminary school uh for seven years because i repeated my uh, class uh i wasn't that bright in maths and uh all sorts of things like that but i was i think i was good when it came to literature and cultural and artistic sort of activities right. <laughs> yeah i think <laughs> so we had an anglican priest who was brought into the monastery to teach us english and this lovely old man, this beautiful man, was uh, an Anglican priest, a scholar, a historian, uh, who taught at Durham University, Canterbury University, etc. Anyway, he came to teach, us, to teach us English. And he happened to love theatre. And so he produced, uh, in English, 
and none of us spoke English. <laughs> right. So he produced a version of Richard III. Okay. And he gave me the part of Richard III. And so, so we all learned, obviously, in a puppet fashion, because we, none of us understood what we were saying. But I think, thinking about it now, it was probably, a, for what it was, it was a brilliant production. <laughs> so, so I started with, you know, now is the winter of our discontent, made glorious summer by the sun of York, etc., etc. So, oh, my God. So how do I do? I decline, yeah, the telephone? Uh, yeah. I've declined it. Oh, ah, there you are. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> okay. And a friend of mine from America is calling me. Oh, wow. Okay. He obviously doesn't how funny. Anyway, so, and he suggested to the patriarch, oh, for God's sake, yes. Uh, and this guy who's calling me, yeah. you will be amazed, my childhood friend from, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> uh, okay, let him bring down. We won't wait. If you can hear me, this is fine. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, he's a childhood friend of mine right. who I hadn't seen for perhaps 50 years. Oh, wow. And apparently, his name is Kevort, like mine. He lives in Boston. And uh, his mother milked me. My mother milked him. We <laughs> were neighbors. In, and I hadn't seen him uh, until we went, we attended the uh, opening of the Armenian Cathedral in 2012 or 13, when I went to Istanbul and the Patriarch invited me to the opening of the of this huge, wonderful, beautiful cathedral. That's where I saw him after 50 years. Oh, wow. And again, if he hadn't come to me, I promise I would never have known. I would have known. So we're like brothers. Oh, that's and great. He wants to know the reason when he's phoning me is because he knows I'm here and he wants to know if I can go with him to Istanbul or meet him in Istanbul. And then he wants to take me to, he's a huge businessman in, in, in Boston, huge okay. businessman. Uh, anyway, so sorry for the interruption. Oh, no, that's so okay. he, he went to the Patriarch and he asked his permission if they would release me to go to, to come to London and study drama. And if I, and the Patriarch saw me and uh, because I didn't know, I mean, I knew nothing about acting. I still don't know <laughs> much about acting, to, to, to be honest. But uh, uh, so, and they arranged a ground for me. The patriarch arranged a ground for me. He said, okay, well, look, look, go and give it a go. If you get accepted, you go ahead and become an actor. That's okay. There are enough students here. Uh, but he said, if you fail, just come back and continue with your uh, theological studies and go into priesthood again, you know, from that. But... And the father, Reverend David Harding, God bless him, he arranged my audition for me at Rose Bruford, etc. And the Patriarch arranged my grant from the Gulbenkian Foundation. Um, so really, and I came and my audition was successful, obviously. I was accepted at Rose Bruford Drama School, which is one of the finest um, top drama schools in England established, strangely enough, almost at the same time as my theological college was established okay. in Istanbul, early 1950s. That's strange, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's something also really strange or something magical or whatever. In my, I was born in 1943. I came to Istanbul in 1953. 
and I went to London in 1963. That's strange, isn't it? Like there's yeah. a 10 year thing every in 10 years. Every, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I used to say to my children, uh, I keep jumping, my brain is all over the place, but you know, uh, stop me if, uh, if uh, I kept saying to my children, I think when, <clears throat> if every 10 year, something interesting or something good doesn't happen in my profession as an actor, I'm going to give up. <laughs> <laughs> so every 10 years, yeah. like, you know, Indiana Jones came or Midnight Express came or the RSC came or the Royal National Theatre, etc. Every 10 years or a TV series. You yeah. Know? Strange that, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway. that, that's pretty funny. So I'd imagine, like, mind your language was perfect for you coming to England, not speaking yeah, English. Yeah. It was like yeah, written yeah. just for you then. <laughs> Absolutely, because, you know, I came in 63 and I attended a language school in the mornings and in the afternoons I worked at an Armenian grocery store so that I could earn some money and I didn't have to rely on my... Uh, I was... I got a, a grant from the Gulbenkian Foundation to study drama because they only give you university, sort of. Mm. But I had a small grant from an Armenian organization which is based in America called Armenian General Benevolent Union, mm. which is a huge old organization established in 1913 or something, oh. just before yeah. the Armenian genocide. And they have offices in most countries. And they give grants, small grants, etc., you know, to students. Mm -hmm. So I had their grant, but it wasn't enough. So I had to work at this uh, grocery yeah. uh, place. Um, what was the question? Yes, my 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 mind goes. Oh, no, that's okay about mind your language. How it was kind of like yeah. So what, perfect so for you. <laughs> when absolutely when we came to do mind your language, which is strange, isn't it? It's fifty something years, or is it fifty years now? Nineteen. 1977, 78. Yeah, almost, yeah. 78, yeah. And it is still being shown around the world and, and we still get paid for it, you know, some repeat fees or sales fees, sales yeah. fees, etc. Uh, so when I went to see <clears throat> the producers at London and the director at London Weekend Television, casting director, um, they all found, you know, you have to be, you're, you're you're actually the only one Kevok, who is the perfect student because you came here without a word of English. Right. You went to a language school. So you've gone through the experience of all these mispronouncing words, etc. Yeah. You know, this is what the game is. And you don't know the culture and you ask silly questions and it's funny, etc. Uh, yes, absolutely. And Barry Evans, God bless his soul, who yeah. is our teacher. And... Oh God, um, and he always said, you know, Kevok, you were one of my nicest and easiest students <laughs> in the class. <laughs> right. Because I knew what a foreign, you know, a, an English yeah. teacher teaching English to the foreigners, what it was like when the, the, what I went through, when I went through the thing. But the, the thing, the, 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 um, they asked me, they said, you, you're Armenian, Kevok? I said, yes. Uh, they said, you know, you can play him as an Armenian, you know. We, we, we will have no objection. I said, no, I don't think. No, I said, I'll speak uh, tru uh, truly. I said, no, no, I'll stick to Greeks because I think the Greeks are funnier than the Armenians. <laughs> <laughs> and also, there weren't uh, 
I mean, the English at the time, if you put at the time, uh, now we have Kardashians, the whole world knows about where Armenia is and what. Right, exactly. <laughs> the whole world. Thank God for the Kardashians, I tell you. I cannot <laughs> tell you. I think they're wonderful. Absolutely brilliant. So, but at the time when I came to, when I used to say I'm Armenian, they said, uh, uh, what Kevork? Armenian. Oh, Indian. I said, no, no, Armenian. Oh, where's that Kevork? <laughs> it was like, yeah. unfortunately. So, uh, whereas Greece or Greeks, because the English took loads of holidays in uh, on the Greek islands, right. Cyprus, etc., etc. So, they had more knowledge of uh, Greeks being funny or not funny than they had of Armenians, you know. So I, I, I chose to play him as a Greek. Yeah. 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 The, the, the show, I remember watching it when I was younger, they they simulcast it or here uh, for a, a little bit. And it was it, it was funny, but I mean, I can see how people would think it's offensive. But I yes. mean, but, I mean com- comedy I mean, is, you know, you're supposed to laugh at people. Not, <laughs> no, you know, you know, my... To date, my dear friend, I can point out, and there's no no need now, I can refer to a number of today, my dear friend, not forget 50 years ago, that are are more offensive than whatever that that was said or done in mind your language was offensive. It wasn't offensive. There were some people out there simply could not endure the sex, the success of a bunch of foreigners right. in our be- foreign characters in our beautiful England, enjoying almost nineteen million viewing every week, every yeah. week. I think my take is that, my dear friend, there was nothing. So there were people out there. Why isn't an uh, why isn't an Arab student there, or why isn't this? You know, well, you can't have everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, the so, classroom is only that uh, big. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so uh, um, I wouldn't buy, and I'm, I'm, I was really disappointed. We, we did two shows, two, two series rather, yeah. and we signed to do a third, se- a, a third series. And if that had been successful, we would have done a fourth series, etc. But the two series were very, very successful, uh, and the third series was cancelled. Okay, but because we already signed the contract. That they paid us, you know, but that's I, beside the point. Yeah, <laughs> uh, beside the point. So, uh, uh, no, I don't think you know it is politically incorrect and all that. You know, calling some somebody a Spanish onion. I mean, what is what is politically incorrect about that? Or or the Italian call, uh, the Spanish guy calling the Spaniard you stupid spaghetti or whatever spaghetti yeah. face or whatever. Right. Silly, silly, not funny, maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. But what is offensive about that? You know? No, I, I agree. Yeah. Nonsense. They did. They did go. Uh, uh, some of them, one or two of the students, actors, uh, put some money together, and they did a third series. They very kindly approached me, and uh, uh, I mean, knowingly, I outpriced myself. I didn't want to do it. Right. Uh, uh, knowingly, because I, I'm one of those. You know, I, I had personally, I'd, I'd had enough as a, as an actor. You know. Yeah. There's so much you can do in a typecast sort of role like that, and and you don't want as an actor to to be playing uh, what is the word not done, but 
you don't want to be playing these stereotype foreign character forever, you know. So I sort of elevated myself. Yeah. I took myself out of there and moved into a little classier sort of world of television work, you know, yeah. like House of Cards, etc., on British right. television. And yeah. there were wonderful series like Crown Court, etc. I played judges, I played doctors, which I would never have played. I never played in the beginning of my career. This is, no, and yeah. this is my friend, Silva's husband. Hello. And, Hi, hi, no. How are you? <laughs> I stay, I stay with them all the yeah. time. They are my, my, they are my London parents. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you are, you are, you are always in good hands. Don't worry. Oh, good. <laughs> I appreciate it. You yeah, as well. <laughs> you as well. <laughs> all right, sir. All right, man. Uh, anyway, yeah. You, you know. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think it was all nonsense. Anyway, it's gone now beyond us. Just, uh, I mean. You know, if it was that bad, it wouldn't have gone on for 50 bloody years, you know? You yeah. know what I mean? People are still watching it. People are still buying oh, it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Noel, I, I'm surprised maybe you heard. You did a version of it in America because we were told. Yeah. We were told that American an American TV company came to watch it because it was so successful. And they decided... Because they couldn't take us, because we would have been expensive, whatever, yeah. you know, they couldn't sell. So they decided to do a version of it in America. Yeah, what, what a world. It, what a world, I think it was oh, called. Is that what it was called? Yeah. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Travolta was in it. it was one of the students. Oh, well, yeah, there was a, a show that was Welcome Back Kata, which was like, I think, a year after your show came out. But it was... Oh, it right. Was a, a little different. It wasn't like... It was oh, so, so kind of like derelict students. Ah, uh, so yeah. it wasn't like ours. It no, wasn't ours like he was in. It was something no, else. It was something else. All oh, right, yeah. okay. I, yeah. I thought, yeah. Right, but but the show "What a World" was kind of based on that. I think there was like uh, oh my god, yeah, it was yeah. like a Ukrainian actor Yakov Smirnov. Smirnov was right, right. Yeah, it didn't last too long. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really... I mean, so it would have been. It probably would have worked. In America, if you know, because there are what what is great about America, which you don't get in England, is America is built by Jews and Armenians and Italians and Mexicans and right. Cubans and you name it. You know, they're all. It's a wonderful America. Is America? It's not England and Wales and Scotland and Ireland. If you know what I mean, you know, right. where, yeah. where you can see the division on this island. Whereas yours is a is a continent yeah. of migrants and you know, wonderful and and you would have thought that. A series like that should have worked. Yeah. In, but well, it, yeah. It, it just didn't have. It just didn't have like you know the brilliance of you guys and the writers. I think, but yeah, I thought the writers probably you know yeah. because I have to say the English, the guy who who wrote uh, Vince Powell, God bless him, he was of he was of Jewish origin, which I think is, uh, I think it's a richness. Uh, really, uh, one can have being born with, if you know what I mean. And I'm not being, you know, or because there are nations that you can go back and squeeze and you'll get a lot of juice out of them, a lot of knowledge and a lot of this. And there are, you know, new nations that are sort of like, like everything else. Yeah. So Vince was um, a wonderful, witty, and he had before us, I think he had. 
a series called Never Mind the Quality, Feel the Width, which was all about a tailoring shop. And they were okay. Jews in the right. East of London. <laughs> 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 so it was so funny. Right. It, there was a series called Till Death, Ask to Part. He wrote, and there was a Jewish father with it. <laughs> but it was so funny, I can't tell you. Yeah. So they have the humor, like in America. All your comedians yeah. are wonderful, and they're all, all the best ones are Jewish. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Mel Brooks is still going, and uh, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, he's brilliant. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, and, then, and then when people like uh, the Neuro etc. comes in and they try to play, it doesn't work. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So how? <laughs> yeah. How important yeah. was Minette Express to your career? Um, extremely, and that again is a film. I think my career, you know, is um, is blessed, really, and, I, and I'm very, very grateful. There are classics in there. Is sometimes when I sit down and with my son, uh, bless, him, bless him, Seven, who is a painter, a wonderful right. painter, born in London and went to Bath College of Art, which is a terrific art school, etc. And so we are, you know, we have loads of beers and watch football and <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we talk uh, and. When I turn around and I become a bit melancholic and all that, and I say, you know, Simon, uh, maybe there was a better world out there for me, you know, and maybe, uh, and I will bring it back to, because when I left drama school here, I was taken on by the biggest, probably at the time, by an agency called Phrases and Dunlop. And they were the top agents in the UK. And they had the cream of the English actors. I think Sean Connery was with them. Vanessa Redgrave was with them. Ian McKellen was with them. Uh, Jonathan Price was with them, etc. <clears throat> and uh, they took me on. Uh, they wanted to represent me, and I was so lucky. And I met up with Jimmy Fraser and Peter Dunlop in their office in Regent Street, huge table in a thing. And they said to me, we, we're going to propose two things to you, Kibok. Uh, you don't have to do it. But go and think about it and come and tell us. Either way, we would still like to represent you. No problem. We will work with you, etc. And those two things were, we would like you to change your name. Okay. Get a pro which is fair enough. But I didn't know what it meant, you see. I didn't know, for instance, Tony Curtis had a Jewish name, but it was so right. difficult to pronounce, or, or Kirk Douglas, or, you know. Yeah. Also, I didn't know that. Right. I mean, there's me straight from a seven-year in a, semi-monastery going to church and uh, every morning and every evening and saying that there are angels out there who <laughs> will come and save us and all that. I had no idea. what. And also, we will send you to America, which was fascinating. You may, you will struggle a bit, but we'll look after you. Uh, don't worry, you'll struggle a bit for a year or two, but we believe in a year or two, maximum three, cable, your, your career will mushroom in America. And clearly, now I'm talking to you in England. So to both, I said no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 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 what was the beginning thing? Midnight Express, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so my career has, fortunately, you know, had, had I gone, it is absolutely no regrets. I am more than happy with my career because I look at around, around and are there, there are millions of us who sadly will not achieve a a tiny quarter of what I've achieved and 
wouldn't have worked, etc., etc. You know, for so I'm, 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 I've no complaints from that angle for one moment, my dear friend. Um, so when I said to him, you know, when I say to him, Selan, you know, yeah, man, I, I mean, if I'd gone to America, but I probably would have been in all those films, man, Taxi Driver or whatever, or all those, all those Scorsese films and Elia Kazan films and things. Yeah. You know, I would have been, I would have been like Brando said, I, I could have been a contender. <laughs> could have been something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But I never did. But my son turns around to me and says, Dad, you're talking nonsense. You've been in films and TV things that right. people will remember, will live, and Midnight Express was one of them. Yeah. So when I went to see Alan Parker, I was only out of school 10, 15 years or something, you know, and I begged him. I went to see him in his house. God bless him. And I'm so sorry that he passed away. I think he was far too young, really. And he didn't make enough. He made some wonderful films. Right. But he should have, he should have lived longer to make. Uh, and I said to him, you know, Mr. Parker, um, this is a wonderful story and there are some wonderful Turkish characters in this. Uh, I may not be right for them age-wise, but, you know, I'm here in England, you know, this is my chance to play a good part too. As an actor, I'm yearning to... He said, you know, Kevork, <laughs> I, I know you probably can cope with, you know, but he said, please listen to me. I want you to play the prosecutor because the rest of the characters, I want to portray them physically, etc., as ugly as possible, because that's what they are in this prison. It's right. an ugly world. One is blind, the other one is drunk, and the other one... You come and present this horrific side of the Turkish sort of uh, justice, as it were. Do you know what I mean? Right. You don't give someone, you know, a life sentence forever just, just for a bit of drug thing. So... <clears throat> So I'm so glad. I nearly said no. I nearly said not no to him, but I would have gone to him and talked and said, you know, it's only one scene, James, and it's like, you know, but that one scene in that film, everybody remembers that scene. Yeah. You know? And uh, uh, no, it was a great, uh, uh, a great, great, uh, great experience. And I'm so very, of course, I got in trouble with, uh, not trouble, but... You know, when I first went to Turkey after 30, 40 years, I, um, my agent there uh, said to me, you know, Kevok, you're coming here before you start, you start doing any work because you'll be working almost nonstop and everybody will want to work with you. And then they said, I think we need to clear your name out of this Midnight Express thing. I said to him, I said, clear my name from <laughs> Well, what do you mean? He said, well, you're not like Alan Parker and the guy who wrote it. Uh, what was his name? The writer. Anyway, uh, uh, anyway, don't worry. And they've all they've 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 all apologized right. to the Turkish government for being in the film. Are you going to say sorry? This is when she's interviewing me for the Hurriyet newspaper, which is a very big big uh, selling newspaper. I said, "What do you want me to apologize for? What do I have to apologize for?" I said, "I'm an actor." You're right. a journalist. You make your living as a journalist. I'm an actor. I make my living as an actor. And I got the script. I read it. I thought it was exciting. And I thought I would do it. You know what I mean? So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then if, if you ask me, and again, this was before he passed away, we did a version of it uh, after a few months the film was shown. Alan Parker said they want to show it, to show it on American television. 
but they want the language, the Turkish language, to be tuned down a bit, etc. You know, okay, well, will you please come and help me in the studio so we can introduce some milder words, etc. And because of the protests by the Turkish government and Turks in the middle of the streets in London and in front of the cinema, this is all Armenian and Greek lies. This is propaganda. Wow. This is as if they're as if you know their prisons were five star hotels. You know. Like their prison is a prison in, in any cor corner of the world. These things happen in all the prisons in the world, not just in Turkey, you know. But they like, they commit every bloody thing that they you can think of, unfortunately. And then they uh, they pretend they like to see themselves as angels and peacemakers, like Erdogan, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. <clears throat> uh, so uh, and their their protests. Hey, some governments didn't show the film for a few, for five years, ten years. Right. They didn't show the film, you know. So they made the film great. It was a film that cost six or seven million to make, and in the first first year or something, they grossed eighty million pounds. <laughs> Not bad, yeah. It was yeah, it was Oliver Stone who wrote. Oliver Stone who yeah. wrote. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I guess he made an impression on Spielberg, right? Because he he tried casting you originally in Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? He tried getting no, out. yes, originally, but that is a story which I was told. Uh, no, God, I mean, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, John Rhys Davis, who plays, Solid, um, yeah. Ma, yeah, who played. I've worked with him quite a lot, and I've right. worked with him. Uh, I worked with him on the stage as well for the Welsh National. Uh, theater <clears throat> many years ago and he said to me you know Kevork, you, you remember you went to for an interview one day and you find it hard and i'm sure you know he's such a lovely man honorable man so i have no reason not to believe him but i have no i said yes i do yes i went and i was so late oh it was a miserable day i can't tell you now miserable it took me two hours and i thought it would take me 20 minutes to get to the thing two fucking hours oh sorry okay. two hours uh, we uh, two hours, you know, um, but he was so ill. He had the flu. He opened the door, yeah. and the man at least opened the door and said hello to me. And he was in his pajamas and his dressing gown, right. coughing and spitting and everything. Oh, he said, "Thank you for coming, Kevok. Thank you." But you can see the way. I so we never had. A, I didn't even walk into the room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But years later, years later, we didn't remember or he didn't mention a word about it he, okay. which is which is amazing you know yeah. so maybe maybe I wasn't his choice and John Rhys Davis you know and I think John Rhys Davis has done a tremendous job I mean mine would have been something totally different obviously but but I think John Rhys is absolutely right yeah and he's he's playing them again in the, the next movie that comes out yes in this yes yeah. I haven't seen it yet yes. I don't know what I haven't it hasn't had it hasn't had terrific reviews here yeah, not yet. Oh, it hasn't come out in America no, yet. Not yet. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, because yes. I heard the end of the month. Yeah. Ah, but I think it's I think it's playing in London, isn't it? I'm, I'm or not maybe sure. not. They, they may have had like so. So, but why? Why? Because some critics came out and they said it is yeah. not. Yeah, I think they you know released it for like for like re reviewers press or, release or something or for yeah, the press or press something. Release, yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. 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 So, but but when I went to see him. For Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, 
two things. So many. Listen, these two are, are these two are, are my angels, really. Spielberg and Lucas. They are just uh, they are superhuman. They are superhuman in heart and in brain in every in every sense for me, and I'm sure they are for a lot of people. Of course. Uh, so. Uh, I sat down in this, again, huge, like with uh, Peter Dunlop and Jimmy Fraser, my agents, a huge table in the middle of Park Lane, Lucas Spielberg and the casting director, Maggie Carty, I bless, bless her soul. And he looked at me and he looked at me and he looked at me and I, I started sort of, not trembling, but getting a, a little embarrassed. And, uh, and he said, you know, Kevok, I suppose he said, you've been told this before, but... Uh, your face has a mixture of Dustin Hoffman, Robert De Niro, and Al Pacino. <laughs> and I, and I, I'm going, oh, thank you, sir. Right. <laughs> I didn't know what, didn't know what to say. Yeah. He said, yeah, anyway, anyway. And he said, look, um, I see that you've done quite a bit of work in the UK. Is there something you, you may have done that we may have seen in America? And of course, Midnight Express came to my mind. Yeah. So I said, well, perhaps, perhaps Midnight Express. And he went quiet for a minute or two. And then he went, of course, he said, you played that Turkish bastard prosecutor <laughs> who put out, who, who, who put out American boy <laughs> yeah. for life sentence or something. The thing. So he'd seen it. He suddenly remembered right. it clicked, you know. <laughs> so yes, he was, so therefore, you know, therefore, it was. It's a classic. It's a classic in that express. It's a classic. It's like Indiana Jones, I suppose. Yes, I think Indiana Jones. If you ask me, and I've seen all three, and I, I have to admit, I didn't go and see the one with the English actor. The fourth one. Oh, um, yeah, the Crystal Skull. I, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. I, I thought. I thought personally. I mean, a lot of people say they can't make up their minds whether. Raiders of the Raiders of the Lost Ark is yeah. the best, or Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, but that would have been the last. That's why he named it. He told us it's the last one he's making. That's why he called it Indiana yeah. Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah. And then they rode off in the sunset. The last shot. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in the, yeah. But money anyway, talks. But yeah. they would like. Yeah, hmm? money talks. So they're gonna make it. Yeah, it, yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, sometimes I say that. Neither of them. You think Spielberg and Lucas need money for God's sake? Mm -hmm. They could they could buy Elon Musk and Elon Exactly. <laughs> maybe. And, you know what I mean? Right. Who yeah. knows? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever think in all these years that you would get your, your own action figure? <laughs> no. This yeah. was such a wonderful, wonderful uh, look. Uh, some people on Twitter or Facebook or something, you know, yeah. one or two people bless them. You know, Kevork, it's uh, having your own, uh, what you call these things, figure or... Yeah, action you know, figure, yeah. <laughs> action figures, in, you know, in thing is as good as, as good as, if not better, winning on the Oscar. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was shocked there. I didn't know. There's a guy who follows me on Twitter, and he has been such a nice man. And uh, he, he's... Asked me for a year or two or whatever, you know, to have a coffee with him. Yeah. And of course, you don't, you know, you don't. But I thought that he's an ex, apparently he was an ex-actor and a very nice Englishman. 
So I met up with him in Baker Street for a quick coffee. And he took, he said, I have a present for you. Yeah. I didn't know. I, I was shocked. I said, oh, no. Um, he said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I yeah. think uh, there's a, there's a, what do you call these things? This con, con, something. Oh, the comic you know, conventions? Yeah, comic yeah. con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did one of those years ago, my friend, years ago. And I I, I said to my agent, you know, I, I don't think I want to do them again, so I don't know. But there's a Comic-Con, I think, in September. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'll go, but... Um, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the character Chasm has left such an impression on on everybody. Yes. You know, I have to say... Active role. <laughs> but I have to say... Uh, <clears throat> No, when I think about it, and I say to myself, no, but yes, my character was important in the storyline, but not enough to justify my, <laughs> my my figure in the thing, you know. Yeah. But then there you go. Yes, silly. Yeah. 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 Do you do any of your like own stunts, like the bow chase? No, not my. We weren't allowed. Okay. Uh, we were on. They wouldn't insure us. Uh, we were insurance risks. No, all my, all my. Um, what was his name? He was wonderful, uh, stunt guy. He did all my, but he did all the Indiana Jones and he did all sorts yeah. of things. Yeah, he did all my stunt work. No, but Harrison Ford, was just, he did everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bless him. I suppose I don't know how they covered him for insurance. Honestly, I have no idea. But I mean, he, you know, he's the lead. He plays the lead. So how do you do? If something happens, what do you do without him? Right. But so they wouldn't ensure they wouldn't allow us to do any of our stunt. But he 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 did all these stunt. Wow. Well, well, stunt work himself. Yeah. yeah. And he's a beautiful man. He's a beautiful man. Yeah. Such a nice man. Such a open, direct, right. generous gentleman. No pretense. Yeah. That you can look at him and you can't think of him being an actor, if you know what I mean. Right. Whereas, you know, faces like mine, perhaps you can look at and say, oh, <laughs> you can only be an actor, yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I do. Yeah. And I don't think anyone throws a punch better than him ah, on camera. It just, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. In any movie, yeah. it's, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you surprised <clears throat> that there's still making them that is still that important to people after the first one came out over 40 years already. The, the what? Like the, I mean, the, the first one came out like over 40 years. Yes, exactly. Years. That, that exactly. The appetite. Movies. It's the amazing. appetite. But you see, but you know, I mean, you would have thought a brilliant brain like Spielberg's, a brilliant brain. He can make any, he can take any subject, can't he? You know, I mean, why does he repeat there's a market, obviously. There's a market there, and the merchandising market yeah. market must be huge. They Especially must be now. making tons of money. Yeah. yeah, I get nothing for this, by the way, between you and me, of course. because apparently at the time you signed it away. We were making yeah. it. We were we we signed it away, but you didn't know, did you? I mean, you, you yeah. sign away for a for a few pounds more. You sign away, don't you? Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yes, obviously, huge money involved. I mean, that fourth one. Wasn't a box office success, but at the end it made two hundred million or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I Who know. watches that? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 amazing. You know, it's like yeah. you know, now when the, the next one comes out, it's going to be the same thing. Yeah, it's probably won't be as successful as the other ones, but it's going to make a ton of money, and 
you know, more merchandise, more figures, and who knows, you might get another Casman figure out of it, even though you're not yeah. in. The <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how do you you how did you get into do you do you train as a journalist? Did you train in the trade, or you? No, just... so the beauty about these is anyone that with an internet connection and a microphone can do this now. <laughs> so yes, I yeah, yeah, you know. But I, I like my background. I actually worked for Al Jazeera for a few years. Al Jazeera America. Really? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. For, for I three love years. watching. I have to say, Al Jazeera was. Uh, I I watch four news channels here, and I force Aram. Uh, and Silva <laughs> in the in the process. I watch Al Jazeera. I watch uh, um, BBC World, okay. France 24, and CNN. Okay. And I find amongst all these four, for some strange reason, Al Jazeera closest, not necessarily, yeah. uh, closest to telling the truth, as it were, rather right. than, because yeah. these are all government-owned government channels. You know, they do play right. You have to play that tune, don't you? Of you course. have to play that tune. Yeah. How many years did you do for Al Jazeera? Well, the American channel was only around for three years. So I was there for the whole. Ah, right. Time. So of course, it, it, it would have. The, the name, it, 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 it. it couldn't like you know gain steam here, and it was like you said, the most in the middle. Tell the truth, not people yelling yes. at each other for an hour and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Like people like in america so it's yeah yeah it, it, it was it was fun it was it was a good time unfortunately yeah. but it, it was probably it's a, probably like rt the russian television doesn't show in america now does it they've stopped it they've closed it I, I don't think so yeah but now with the beauty of the anyway. internet, you know you, you can watch anything at any time so yeah 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 sure sure yeah sure sure which is great yeah. but yeah, yeah. i, I want to end on a kind of a Touchy subject. We talked. You talked a little bit about before uh, the genocide. And you made a couple movies. Yeah, uh, the promise, which I, I really loved, and you detailed the yeah. genocide there. And you played Oscar Isaac's father, who um, yeah. is a brilliant actor. Yeah, with, with subjects like that, and then also the movie The Cut. And with subjects like that, was that something that you felt an obligation to to do those movies? Yeah. Uh, well, in a way, in a way, in a way, yes. Um, uh, but also uh, because it is the story of my parents, and right. and I was I was absolutely um, enchanted, you know, delighted that they asked me. Uh, eventually, uh, which is an annoying thing for me as an actor, and I would have thought, you know, if there was anyone as an actor and as the story person eligible to play Oscar Isaac's father amongst the acting fraternity, it was me. Right. But they never chose me <laughs> to start with. To start with, that's the way of the, the film world, isn't it? You know? So I was sent, I was asked to do a tape for some other character. I did the tape and I sent it off, this self-tape nonsense. And then I was asked to do another tape uh, they liked it, Kevork, but they would like you to tape for this, for this character. I said, okay, because it's close to my heart. So I did another tape, sent that off, third request. They'd like you. I said, no more. You know, I'm not doing any more tapes. I mean, enough is enough. You know, uh, obviously, someone is see not seeing me. And so I don't know how it happened. I may, I even have suspicions that probably they had some other actor playing. 
uh, Oscar Isaac's father, who probably at the last minute resigned or they didn't get on with the director or whatever, I don't know. And uh, they asked me to play his father, yeah. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's about time that a film was made, you know. Yeah. Of course it is about time. But unfortunately, uh, there was the 40 Days of Musadakh, which is a very famous Franz Werfel novel. That stayed on the shelves of, of MGM for years and years and years. They couldn't make it because of government, uh, Turkish government pressure. Right. So how this was permitted, because obviously time goes on, and it was only last year or the year before when Biden accepted that this was a genocide for the first time in 107 years or yeah. 106 years or whatever, you know, which is really uh, unfathomable, unfathomable yeah. for me, you know, these things. I, I don't understand yet. Uh, so, but I'm not sure... And I say this with the greatest, yes, it was. And Oscar Isaacs is a lovely actor, of course he is. And Christian Bale, lovely actor. Uh, I, I played Christian Bale's father-in-law in Exodus, Gods and Kings. Right. Yeah. So I'd met, met him before, and it was nice to see him again. And he's, again, a lovely gentleman. Oscar as well, and Shore Dashlu, and the four of us stayed in the same hotels, etc. Yeah. You know, it was lovely. But if I was really being sincere, and I must be, and I have to be, because this is a story so close to my heart, of my own parents, because of my own parents. My my mother was four and my father was seven. Uh, no, seven, eleven, sorry, eleven. Four and eleven, when they escaped somehow. Kurdish families saved them. So it is my, my story, you know. Um, but if you honestly, I can't put my hand on my heart and say that it was it was what it should have been. Okay. And I'll give you the example of, because I can understand, you know, the film had to be sold. The film had to be, you couldn't, you couldn't, perhaps, they would not have been allowed to make if they concentrated far too much on the why and wherefores of the genocide, etc. you know. But, and I say this with open sincerity and with full heart, it was not a shitless list for me. And that's what we should have had. Right. That's exactly what we should have had. That's the type of film that we want. And the cut was exactly the same. I had a wonderful, I don't know if you've seen it, but if you get a chance to have a look at the film, interesting. Right. Fatih Akan is a very wonderful director, Turkish, Turkish, uh, but German-born Turk. And for him to write and want to make the film, it was wonderful. And I had three three weeks uh, playing a wonderful part again of a barber where Tahar Rahim, a wonderful French actor, uh, comes and stays with me and I get him to go on his journey to find his daughters. Um, but that again was, in, in a way, a director's fancy journey through an epic. Right. Long shots and long camera lenses and this and that and color and the sunset and people walking in the deserts and, and all that, you know, it's like uh, uh, for a few dollars more, they're, you know, a fistful of dollars that when the, what's his name, introduced those wonderful. Yeah. So I think, I think there is nothing wrong. I'm, I'm sure with Teddy Georges who directed The Promise, absolutely nothing wrong. And I'm no judge of, a, of directors for one moment. I wouldn't know how to judge them. You know, I, oh. <clears throat> 
but I I do feel it's. Uh, I hope I hope to God more opportunities opportunities will come, and uh, and then we will have. You know, there's a young generation of Armenian actors growing up in Los Angeles now. I see, and there's a young generation of Armenian actors and actresses, you know, growing up and writers in England. That pleases me so much because I think you know I was like one one of a few of Armenian actors in my of my generation. So I happened too early. <laughs> <laughs> right. I need to come again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you mentioned them before, but do you think it, it it would take like the Kardashians just to bring light onto the subject so more people will will kind of know know about it? Yes, I think so. I yeah. I no, honestly, I met their father, Robert. Yeah. At a do at a do. Uh, in Los Angeles of this organization they had invited me, Armenian gentleman who had given me a, a, a grant. And we sat at the same table. A beautiful man. He was the lawyer at... Uh, OJ. Uh, OJ, yeah. He yeah. was a lovely man. I mean, little conversation. I didn't even know who the Kardashians didn't exist then. Right. Right. They were little kids probably, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I say to myself, when he saw what the girls started doing, he probably had a heart attack before that. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I honestly think, I sincerely think, I think they've done more to introduce our people our history, because people have, for a change, they've said, well, where is this bloody place? You know, he talks the Kardashians come from. And right. for them to visit Armenia and to have her daughter or her child's uh, children christened in Armenia and Jerusalem, I think it's a great, uh, I think they're a great advert. I don't care what people say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But good work. Thank you so much for doing this today. I know you're a little bit under the weather, and I really appreciate it. The best, best going forward, and thank you for your time again. Uh, my my absolute pleasure, my dear friend. I wish you all the very best, and perhaps we can do it again. And a special thanks to Kavork for joining me today. Wasn't he amazing? If you have a guest suggestion, you can hit me up on Twitter at the person all one nine, or like the page will be my youth on Facebook. You can go to iTunes and check out all of the 300 episodes we have on there. And while you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. Shows on SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music. Basically, wherever you can find a podcast, new episode comes out every week. 301 next week. We'll see you then. <laughs>